back already. A good nap. Oh, he just started. It's my time to say good night. Jesus, good night. Oh my God. He's saying he good missed day. us. Good yeah, good day, good night. <laughs> good afternoon. This is Sinister Sunrise. I'm Morgan. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. We are coming at you with a group episode. going to catch up on our episodes so yep. we are one ahead like we like to be especially with everything going on coming up you know <laughs> yeah 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 there's a lot happening yeah. yes there's a couple weddings one sooner than the other and one actually was inspired for this episode or it's but no take it toss it inspired <laughs> this episode yeah kind of eee. i'd say so yeah because why don't we <laughs> Let's your mouth rewind. Your mouth was like, but your words were not it, and your eyes were bigger than I've ever seen them. Just there, there is a psychological disease. Um, there's two of them. One's like Wernicke's, and one is yep. something else. Yeah, Aaron, maybe you do. Yeah, you would yeah. know. Yeah, basically, it's like where you think you're saying words, but no real words are coming out. Well, like yeah, you have a stroke. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it would probably look just like that, like like like. Why don't you understand? Yeah, you like you can understand what you're trying yes. to say, but the output is the, not. Yeah, that would be the worst. Being a psych major gave me so much more anxiety because I was like, so many things can go awry, and mm-hmm. you would have to just deal with it. I don't know. I mean, yes, there's a counselor for like emotional and everything, but like that, I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about the most luxurious mansion in the St. Louis metro area. Ooh. Dare I say that? Most luxurious in the Midwest. Oh, oh, okay. I shan't, but I could. It is the limp. And it is limp spelled L-E-M-P, not limp like walk like a pimp, just for the record. Lamp. 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 I love lamp. Anyway. Yes. uh, Yeah, I was inspired because I'm getting married there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the properties they have. Mm. I don't know what you're going to talk about today, Sarah, but like maybe I'm, as they're different, are you talking about like the different areas okay well there's a couple different buildings that the lemp family started their brewery at there's like i'm getting married at the uh, lemp loft which which has another um venue called the grand hall it all used to be owned by the lemp family yeah yeah and now it is owned by the pointer family Mm -hmm. (laughs) point your finger at me for the lemp family (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm not gonna lie when i was doing a little bit of research on this like it kept coming up like at the very bottom of every page it was like and now it's owned by well it said in like this date it was bought by dick pointer and i was like <laughs> come on come on Why i wonder they... if he was like a real dry sense of humor guy or mm. he's like my name's richard i could go by rich pointer ah. like rumble still skin everything i touch turns to gold but no i'm gonna go with a dick <laughs> I want to know I'm approachable. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, it's great. Great family. They're very helpful with the wedding process. Yeah. So Nice. Very nice. We'll take you That'd on be the journey. pointers, not the limps. Correct. Yeah. They, they gone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> um, okay. So the main house itself was built in 1890. But if we go back for just a moment, we're going to take a look at the limp patriarch, the man, the legend, Johann Adam Lemp. Mm. Johann. Johann. 
um, born in 1798, Whoa. basically as old as the United States, if you think about it. 1776. We're just a little bit ahead. 1776. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The old, bro. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still alive today. You know, when you know it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's born in 1798 in Germany. He moved to United States in 1836, which if you're doing math, that would put him right around 38. Yes. Uh, sure. I didn't put them in my notes. That was... I will not disagree. Off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. If I'm wrong, don't let me know. It's I okay. Tr- I trust you. He was middle-aged. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa! For back then. 38. Yeah, it's not. Or 50. Sure. He's an older adult. We live in the Midwest. I'm going to be middle aged. I have an average body. I like to just hang out in the middle. All right? It's fine. <laughs> oh my God. Let's be, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Um, okay. So he comes here in 1836, looks all around, and says, ah, there's only one place for me St. Louis. Hey just like our parents probably did as well, or our forefathers of our families. Um, he started a mom-and-pop grocery store selling your normal items, and he also sold his own vinegar and beer, and he is credited with bringing German-style beer to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Because before that, we only had English ales and porters, which, very quick side note, I have a friend with the last name Porter, so shameless plug, I'm going to put it in here. Funniest person I've ever met. <laughs> he is a um, an up-and-coming comedian. Oh! Yes. So, like, like legit funny, not yes. like, oh, you're so, you're so funny. No, like, like, give him a microphone and just prepare to have ab hikes. Love it. Cool. I didn't know I had ab muscles until I was laughing at some of his jokes. <laughs> um, we were all, we were all happy. Got <laughs> <laughs> a little workout. It was a good chuckle. Yes. So find him on Facebook and see when his tour dates are. I know recently he was in California. Um, his name is Aaron A A R O N, not our Aaron. No offense. That's okay. I don't know why that'd be offensive. Weed me be. It's not offensive. Um, they last, do get mixed up though. Yes. Last <laughs> yeah. name Porter, as in Porter. He does not know I'm doing this, so if he listens, we'll know. <laughs> um, but no, really fantastic. Anyway, people loved the light lager beer. I've heard it was crisp. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Mm -hmm. Um, A little inside joke with our editor-in-chief there. Good looking out. (laughs) Yes. And, yeah, people loved the light lager beer in part because it is fantastic, but also in part because a lot of German immigrants were moving to the area and it tasted like home. Ah. Which, I don't know about you guys, but I am... 50% 50% German. So, like, did you feel like home whenever you have, like, a lager beer? I do. Okay. Wow. My home country. I'm very mm-hmm. uh, Polish and German and a little bit Irish. So, Kolaks. They call me Polak. Polak. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, yeah. Lund comes from the last, like, the word lawn or something. It's, like, the grass between two trees. So, the skin oh. of the earth. <laughs> yeah. I, oh! You are the skin of the earth. <laughs> Don't that get me so excited. It haunts me. Every time I'm like, <laughs> somewhere in an episode in the past, she talks about how grass is the skin of the earth. And I just, I felt a little uncomfortable. I don't know why, but I just did. Yeah. Top 10 reasons why I can never leave my job because any other job that listens to this is like, what is this? Wrong with her? <laughs> um, yeah. So by 1840, so two years later, after getting to St. Louis, after opening his business, our main man, Johan, was solely focused on manufacturing and selling beer. 
because the people know what they want. Yeah. Business was booming. Um, he was able to form a company or brewing company called Western Brewery, which stood about where the arch stands now. Which I thought was cool because I kind of forgot the arch wasn't just always here. Yeah. Yeah, like with the dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah. Just like, oh, there it is. <laughs> like our, yeah. <laughs> our patriarchs of our family didn't see it as they like ventured through. As they flew in on their airplanes, you know. Yeah. 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 How weird. Uh, <laughs> Lewis and Clark didn't write about that in their <sighs> journals. It's a big steel beast. Yes. <laughs> right next to a brewery. Who would have known? <laughs> I love this land. <laughs> Land that I love. Ooh, that's where it started. Right it there. Is. Right there at the arch. <laughs> Stand beside her and drink with her. Oh. They built the lamp mansion. Okay, so um yeah. He has Western Brewery Company. Things are doing fantastic. So then he's like, mm, we need a mansion. So in 1890, in the Benton Park neighborhood of St. Louis, they built the mansion. Which um, a little plug if you're from the Midwest and you're in Benton Park. There's something called Benton Park Cafe. Again, nothing with the limp, but it's fantastic. They make really good iced coffees and they put like, ooh, like caramel sauce in it. I've heard that place is really good. I've not tried it yet though. I Ca- went like cafe, like a coffee place or like the- they have food too. Oh, okay. Ooh, they're potatoes, breakfast potatoes. Mm. Someone said there's a ranch packet in them. I'm just going to take it. Like I didn't know that because I really do like them. What's wrong with having a ranch packet in it? I guess nothing. Exactly. Yes. We're from the Midwest, Sarah. I know. It's probably Hidden Valley. Come on. I know. I went once, like a month ago, and now I've had like three meetings since, and I've made it at the Benton Park Cafe every time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Local, fantastic, 10 out of 10. So in that neighborhood, they built Le Manchon because they also had a brewery nearby, and both had underground caves and tunnels that were used for naturally cooled storage of the brewed beer. Mm -hmm. And other breweries would use the same technique after them. The limestone, baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Limp Mansion itself still stands. It's had a few renovations since then, but it is open to the public for tours of the history and tours of ghosts. <laughs> you also can get married there. And eat. And most importantly, eat. Mm-hmm. Bomb. Bomb food, man. I'm telling you right now. I haven't had their fried chicken yet, but there's a reason they sell out all the time. Oh, I believe it. They also do... Um, Haunted houses in the basement around Halloween time. I've yet to go, but yeah, this could be our year. <laughs> um, yes, but because all this sounds like a rad, a rad to riches story, <laughs> um, I'm gonna keep it. It's rad to riches. Um, you should know by now if it's on our podcast, there will be a sinister turn. Yeah, and like any other family, this family had some secrets and downfalls. So, Aaron, would you like to entertain the people with the twisted tales of the Lemp family? Ooh, yes. Oh, right Lord, there. here we go. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies. So, basically, I'm just covering all of the tragic events that happened to the Lemp family before all the spooky stuff and ghost sightings that I'm sure Morgan will go over. Bummer. I know. It Ooh. is a bummer. Actually, <laughs> it, it is really a is a bummer. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I love my sections the most. <laughs> Well, you are good at it. The history, I'm like, huh? I can yeah. Do I'm, Thank you. Mm-hmm. I learn a lot. Thank yeah, you. it was good. Thank you. Thank you for handing it off to me. <laughs> Take the baton. Yeah. <laughs> now to bring it way down. <laughs> On February 13th, 1904, around 1015 in the morning, a servant completing her daily chores on the second floor of the mansion heard a gunshot ring out from 68-year-old William J. Lemp Sr.'s bedroom. 
She discovered that the door was locked and she alerted Williams's sons to the situation. They broke the door down and when they made their way inside, they discovered that their father had killed himself um, with a gunshot wound to his right temple. His 38 caliber revolver was lying nearby. William Sr. had taken over his father's John Adam Lemp's brewery business after he had died. And under his care, he was able to turn it into this really big um, commodity and this huge business. He had married his wife, Julia Feichert, in December of 1861. And after giving birth to their first son, they decided um, to go ahead and either, I don't know if they built another area or another building, mansion, what have you, but it consisted of 33 rooms along with a good-sized basement. As <laughs> Gotta the, have that basement room. Gotta have that basement. <laughs> As the head of the company, William Sr. Um, created some changes that positively affected the brewery. According to the lineup.com, he installed the first refrigeration machine in a uh, brewery in the United States, and he helped create like refrigerated railway cars that would help transport his beer across the country. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Smart man. Yeah. Very smart. Love yeah. Beer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why you just what the people really yeah. want? Why just keep it in the Midwest where they can go everywhere? Yes. Mm-hmm. William Sr. and Julia went on to have eight children, but his youngest son, Frederick, who was working as the brewery superintendent, was slated to take over the company once William retired. Hot take. The youngest son. I know, yeah. Okay, dad. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Mm -hmm. All of the the children before him were like... Apparently not, yeah. I thought that was was interesting. I didn't really get more information on, like, why that was the case but think of the intense middle child syndrome they would have had mm. mm-hmm. oh man that sucks at least they all had each other there isn't just like one older and one younger you know they had them all like the oldest and the middles were like let's figure this out we yeah this young and don't we yeah <laughs> right. christmas was probably tense probably Unfortunately, Williams's plans for Frederick wouldn't come to fruition due to him suffering from numerous health issues. On December 12, 1901, 28-year-old Frederick died from heart failure, and William Sr. took his son's death especially hard. His health began to decline, and it only got worse when his friend, Frederick Pabst of the Pabst Brewing Company, passed away on January 1, 1904. According to Tim O'Neill's St. Louis Post-Dispatch piece, it wasn't uncommon for William Sr. to spend his days in his room, so when he hadn't emerged on that February 13th morning, no one, like, really batted an eye or took notice. Again, he has seven other children, though. Yeah. I know it's not... That whole middle child syndrome just went way up. Great, my dad is ending his life because one kid is... I get it. Oh, yeah. I I mean, 28 years old... Very, very traumatic, young, yeah. Very traumatic, yeah. but like also like lean on your family, man. That's why they're there. Nope. But Not this different time. times, different yep. things. Mm-hmm. No one talked about feelings either, so. No, that is true. The next tragic death was that of 37-year-old Elsa Lemp Wright, John Adam Lemp's uh, youngest daughter and the wealthiest heiress in St. Louis, um, whose body was discovered, discovered on March 20th, 1920. She was found lying on her bed in her home on 13 Hortense Place, about seven miles away from the Lemp Mansion, with a gunshot wound through her head. Mm. When her brother, William Jr., who went by Billy, arrived at the scene, um, he stated, quote, this is the Lemp family for you, end quote. Pretty dark. Yeah, (laughs) really dark. Why do I imagine he, like, elbowed someone in the ribs and they said, like, well, that's the Lemp family for you. Yeah, and the other one's like, everybody, the other person's like, 
so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like the epitome of dark humor. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sucks for you. That's sick. That's terrible, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had been married to Thomas Wright, the vice president of the Moore Jones Brass and Metal Company, but their union appeared to be rocky. After eight years of marriage, the couple separated, and in February 1919, Elsa filed for divorce, where, according to Wikipedia, she claimed damage had been done to both her mental and physical health. Oh, Oh, girl, get it, though. Mm -hmm. Bye. Talk it out. Mm -mm, mm -hmm. A trial was conducted, and the divorce was officially finalized. Elsa had completely written Thomas out of her will, but a little over a year later, Elsa and Thomas resolved their differences, it seems, and they remarried on March 8th, 1920. No, Elsa. Mm-hmm. Damn. There are some people who theorize that Elsa was murdered and her death was staged as a suicide. It is definitely strange that just 12 days after she <gasps> remarried her ex-husband, she killed herself. I got suspicions on that myself. Well, Poor yes. Elsa. According to LempHauntedHouse.com, the Lemp family members that arrived at the scene contacted their doctor and attorney and a coroner, a coroner before contacting police, who apparently weren't notified until until two hours after her death. And then also Mm. on Wikipedia, I read that a documentary regarding the series is in development, but I haven't been able to find any more information about it. So Mm. I don't know if it's still in the works, if it's just been pushed back for a while. Um, But if it does come out, it would be an interesting deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, that one case you covered where he like broke her neck. And they wore the yeah, like, mm-hmm. the high no, collar. She didn't. She she just died. No, she, she yeah. did it. She did yep. it herself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me, ma. Mm-hmm. Sir, I agree. Yeah, he doth protest too much, sir. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Sarah, <laughs> doth. I know. Yeah, yeah that is. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Doesn't an ice cream sundae sound so good? Why would you say something <laughs> like that right now? Because I've been wanting dessert for like two days. I still have ice cream cake in my nose. Go and get so. dessert whenever you head back home. Oh, I will be. Don't you worry. Good. Thank you. Like a dip you deserve call. it. <sighs> Moment of silence. All right, I'm focused. <laughs> okay. The 1920s, as we know, was the time of prohibition, which obviously greatly affected the Lemp Brewery business. Uh, so Billy William Jr. was the president of the company at the time, and since the manufacturing and distribution of alcohol was banned, the brewery quickly went under. Granted, Billy was no William Sr. He didn't have the same prowess in business like his father. And according to thelineup.com, he would rather spend his money or attend parties drinking alcohol and enjoy the company of sex workers. Aye! <laughs> <laughs> to okay. each their own. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not like the worst thing to do. It's just yeah. you do need a steady income to live like that. And Prohibition Very said... <laughs> Never mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Lillian Handlin, who was referred to as the Lavender Lady because of her lavender-colored wardrobe, seemed to have caught on to her husband's transgressions because she quickly divorced him and ended up receiving a large settlement in full custody of their son. The messy divorce also ended up making newspaper headlines, and things only went downhill for Billy from there. He ended up having to sell the Falstaff trademark to his friend, Papa Joe Greasteek, and in 1922, he auctioned off the brewery property, which was worth $7 million, but according to Wikipedia, was bought by International Shoe Company for $588,000. Oh, that hurts. Yes. Aichiwawa. Yes. Which even that, like, that money like inflation today is actually like $8 million. But then 
the actual worth of the lift was way more than that. Yeah. But they only got that much. It that, was worth a million ugh. and they paid 500000 uh, it was worth seven million. They only paid five hundred eighty-eight thousand. Did he have whoa, like a coupon? Whoa, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought it was a million. Holy! But like, shit. think about it. Who wants to buy a brewery or yeah. at this time or that so they had building to. or whatever? It's yeah, like you get what you get. Like a housing market. It's yeah, like mm-hmm. you gotta play the cards right. Yeah, well, because he was blowing through money too. Was he, he the same was. one who was like lavender lady? Go spend X amount of dollars per day. Yeah, yeah. I think he. Yeah, he spent his outrageous. money very lavishly and didn't. Didn't want to lose that lifestyle. Yeah. Yes. And then he like lost it all at once. That same year on December 29th, Billy was working in his office in the Lemp Mansion when he told his secretary a little before 9.15 a.m. to run an errand for him. The secretary had only taken about a few steps past the office door when two gunshots rang out. Billy had grabbed his revolver and proceeded to shoot himself twice in the heart, dying instantly. According to a St. Louis Post-Dispatch article published that same day, officers believe a combination of illness and stress regarding the liquidation of the company may have led to 55-year-old William Lemp Jr. taking his own life. There were also rumors that Billy had an extramarital relationship with a woman and he got her pregnant. This woman um, gave birth to a boy with Down syndrome, but not wanting to reveal his misdeeds and his child's disability, he decided to keep um, this son hidden in the Lemp mansion. However, this has kind of been debated as an urban legend since no documents gathered prove the existence of this child. But there wouldn't be any documents, would there? Exactly. That is also true. So there using the Jack Dawson one. defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. would be. There, like, or there, maybe there was it, and it was very easy to just, oh, look, a fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. also true. Mm-hmm. The last um, story I have um, takes place after the brewery business was no more, and the Lemp Mansion was just remodeled into a residence. So beforehand, they kind of used it as um, like offices for the business. Now it is just a home. Charles Lemp, William Senior's third son, started living in the mansion in 1929. He had left the brewery business back in 1917 and had decided instead to take up banking and financing. So he didn't really follow in you know his father's footsteps. I mean, how could you after you see the risk and like it's so easy for prohibition to come through and just like your whole livelihood is gone. Oh yeah. And maybe he kind of had a feeling that was like coming up or happening. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm jumping ship now yeah. before it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Charles was described as a recluse um, and he never married. He resided in the mansion with his dog, a married couple and two servants. In April 1941, Charles wrote to a South St. Louis funeral home requesting that his body should be transported to the Missouri crematory and that it should not be bathed, clothed, or changed. According to Wikipedia, he went on in the letter to say that in the event of his untimely death, he did not want news um, of his passing plastered on the papers, and he did not want a funeral to be held. He only wanted to be cremated and his ashes to be placed in a wicker box, which would later be buried on his farm. On May 10th, 1949, 77-year-old Charles Lemp shot and killed his dog in the basement and then shot himself in the head in a room that neighbored the one William Jr. killed himself in. The suicide note Charles left read, quote, in case I am found dead, blame it on no one but me, end quote. Oh my God, that's so fucking sad. It is very sad. <sighs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. According to Colin Dickey's book, Ghostland, an American History in Haunted Places, which, thank you, Brooke, for gifting that book to me. It's really good. <laughs> if any of you guys want to read it, let me know. Um, he, uh, Charles may not have 
shot his dog. That is a detail that seems to may maybe have just been added in there to the story. It was never really mentioned in like a police report or anything. But again, who's to say? Not sure, but thought I would add that in there as well. Um, so were these unfortunate circumstances? Was this the work of a curse? Like people have, you know, mentioned and theorized. Um, it's really hard to tell. However, um, we did talk a lot about, you know, deaths and suicide right now. So if you or someone you know exhibit warning signs of suicide, you can call the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK, or you can visit the suicidepreventionlifeline.org website. Yeah, and that is my depressing piece. <laughs> Morgan, do you have some spooky <laughs> things to talk about today? You know what? <laughs> she was like, no, not really. <laughs> I, I sure do. Bear with me. Let me get my... My pink. Here we go. All right. Okay, I was like, what are you looking at? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Whew. Ow. My thighs are stuck to the chair. I hate that. <laughs> that's the worst. I hate being I don't hate being a thick girl, but that's the one downside. Right now. The one that's I can fair. think of. So uh, well, with all of the sadness and death, there really isn't much more of an explanation as to why the limp is said to be haunted. Um, while some bumps in the night might be from, quote, unknown spirits, many of the sightings and feelings are attributed to the known deaths and lives lived in the limp. Uh, personally, the limp is where I had some of the most powerful experiences with the paranormal uh, while going there with my sinister sisters here and a few mm -hmm. other friends, um, it made my day because I think all of us kind of thought we were going on like the historical tour that was side of it. The best thing I ever. Called, I and they told me it was the most historical non-ghost one. It was a ghost tour. It was. A it was ghost definitely a ghost tour. tour. It was a ghost tour. So. <laughs> R.I.P. to poor Madeline. I know. Uh, it That's, was her I birthday. felt so bad, but it was also great at the same time because I was like, I'm down. Yeah. I was not expecting it. And it lasted for like almost three hours. Yeah. It was a long tour. It was a long, tour. long, Well long worth tour. the money. So good. So good. Yeah. So, this is our travel review. 10 out of 10. Go. Mm -hmm. Trip advisor. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. So again, we kind of thought it was going to be more of a historical tour, but wrong. It was a ghost tour. Y'all. Yeah. Um. I have told people about my experiences of what I saw and most people took it with a grain of salt or that it was a trick of the staff or lighting or yeah. just the limp. Um, and while it did make me start to second guess myself, the fact that no one else that we were all together, like no one else saw what I did. So it made me believe in what I saw and that it wasn't a lighting trick. <clears throat> you know who you are. You said that. <laughs> Mark Colbert's shots. Fired. Dad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Non-believer. Mm -mm. um, a ghost I did not see but wanted to um, bring up was the Lemp's son, Zeke. Uh, Zeke is the person that Aaron mentioned earlier, the child with Down syndrome that was kind of kept hidden in the mansion. They used to refer to him as monkey face. Mm. So again, just terrible If you hear any sounds that aren't Morgan, it's a ghost. <laughs> Not a lawnmower. It's a haunted mower. <laughs> Joke side, how cool would that be? If, it's scary. You no, know, if the ghost in your house, oh. all they did was go out and mow, oh. mow your lawn. <laughs> mow your lawn. I thought you meant like a ramp, rampant 
Oh, yeah. They're more than welcome to mow the lawn. But like, even if it was Sunday at like 6 a.m., I'd like, you got it? Mm-hmm. Like, we're cool. I'm I'll take you care of? Perfect. Wow. I didn't even think about that. That would be a good ghost. Because some people like mowing the lawn. My mom is one of those people. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wouldn't peg her as that. Nope. She likes all the outdoor stuff. Yeah. I do not. I'm very allergic to the outside, so. One time I tried to pull weeds and I had hives up and down my arms, and I was like, oh, oh well, darn. <laughs> Since we had our push mower and it's quiet, I feel like I'm not bothering anyone. And I do kind of feel like an adult um, child with one of those like push popper things, you know what I'm saying? Oh, push it. Yeah. And I do have a really great time for because again, I only have like three feet of yard, so it's not bad. I do like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do wear long fun. sleeves, but yeah. I also get high. Watch them watch <laughs> the blades grass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they had other terrible names for him, which it's actually kind of hard to find, and I think that's a good thing. Um, yes. One of the women who I'll reference here in a little bit um, that does the tours and is a paranormal investigator, she just like she's like I don't even tell people on the tour any of the names they call them because she's like it's just terrible. Like it was yeah. it was an actual human boy with Down syndrome. It wasn't some freak of nature mm-hmm. like that they made him out to be. Yeah. So, again, Aaron's like Aaron said, there's no record of it, but. There is quite a lot of stories about him, and some of them are very specific. So, and there was like stories of people seeing him. So who knows? But mm-hmm. I find it very possible. One thing, and just for the kind of man the father was, I would not be surprised if he did have like an illegitimate son, yeah, or daughter, or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, staff state that Zeke resides in the attic. Uh, usually in the unfinished section um, that is lined with small windows. Um, it is said that he is lost and just looking for his mom. Oh, um, that's so sad. Yeah. KMOV.com article says Zeke is really scared of the, quote, flow of guests who come for dinner or stay the night. Again, a historian and paranormal investigator, Betsy Burnett Elanger, sorry if I mispronounced your name, uh, brought Zeke a teddy bear. While doing the interview on the same day she brought the teddy bear, she looked up the stairs and, quote, the teddy bear was up in the air, swaying back and forth as if a little boy was playing with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, again, very spooky. Uh, William Jr. is said to peek over the stalls in the women's restroom on the main level. Creep. So when I went there to do my tasting, I was like, I haven't been in the bathroom here because, like, I was too nervous to go by myself the last time we were there. And also, mm-hmm. like, it was night and I didn't want to miss anything. So mm-hmm. I went this time and the bathroom is like, of course. It's like everything is just, like, beautiful because it's, like, antique and old. They try to, like, keep – they kept everything they could that was original to the property that Charles – because Charles did demand that a lot of it be destroyed upon his death. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But did they have, like, one of the first indoor showers or something? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our f- first – his first indoors like first standing maybe the shower the shower is still there it's literally mm-hmm. in the middle of the room it, yep it's so the room funny is built around the shower. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's all glass so a little bit mm, a little bit risky <laughs> <laughs> um i personally did use the restroom and did not feel anything in there and i didn't like felt like i didn't feel like i was being watched oh you couldn't go I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I did not. I was not putting on a show. <laughs> but yes, I did my business and I left. It was. Mm. It's also carpeted, so like really mm-hmm. weird. Uh, I haven't been in a carpeted bathroom in a hot minute. So yeah. 
Um, as Aaron mentioned, Lillian Lemp or the Lavender Lady. Um, some feel she haunts the Lemp, but an article on seeaghost.com says that Lillian actually never lived in the Lemp. She and her husband lived like in a hotel penthouse. So oh. most people are like, I don't know why she would haunt this place if she didn't live here. But again, there are spirits that people feel are not the limp or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. It's historical land regardless. So just to throw that out there, but it may be a different woman. To be fair, what if they like they threw ragers there in the life? Maybe in death, they still have ghost parties. Yeah. And she's like, but that has is- an attachment to that. Yes. One thing I house- did here is like, some people who stay up in the attic, they can hear like ballroom music playing. Ooh. So like, oh, that'd be crazy. Absolutely that would be possible. really cool. Absolutely possible. Um, it could also be the same female, female spirit or, you know, Lillian and another. Um, but one uh, is the very tragic death that I felt on my visit uh, of Julia Lemp. Um, after William committed suicide, Julia moved from the lavender suite into William's room across the hall. Um, she eventually became bedridden with cancer and passed away in 1906. And my story of that is we were all in this like big group tour, the one we were referring to earlier. So it was, an, it was our larger group and then like a couple other people. And I'm kind of by the doorway that leads to the hall. We're in one bedroom and it has a pocket door and leads into another bedroom. So I think all of us were kind of scattered about. I'm the one closest to the hallway door. The woman giving the uh, tour was just kind of talking. And I like started to not feel very good. Like my stomach was hurting really bad. I actually started to feel like I was having cramps. And I was like, shit, what the hell? And then I looked out in the hallway and I saw a black figure, shadow mist go under the door across the hall. And I was like, holy shit. And like, she's talking and everyone else is silent. So I can't be like, ah! like I, <laughs> I kept my cool. I kept my cool. Um, And I kind of wasn't really listening to what she was saying because I was, like, actually in, like, a lot of pain. I was, like, kind of, like, trying not to, like, double over. And everyone walked out of the room. And, of course, she's like, I'm going to go across the hall. And I was like, son of a bitch. (laughs) I don't know what's in there, but it didn't feel good. And then as we're, like, walking out and she's kind of gathering everyone into the room across the hall, I happened to ask her. I was like, well, how did Julia pass away? Like, what kind of cancer? And she was like, oh, ovarian. And I was like... That would explain the pain. Yeah, yeah. So then as soon as I walked out of the room, went away. So hmm. I don't know. I've never had something like that happen before or since, but it was very, uh, like, I didn't know anything about the situation before I went in. As soon as I left, I felt fine. And I then that's when I asked her. So there was no, like, preconceived notion in my yeah. head of, like, anything. So very weird. And I'm good. I don't need to feel that again. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. And finally, the most emotional part of the tour for me was meeting the dog, Serva. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sniffandbarkins.com says it best. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Quote, Charles refused to leave his life without his his canine companion. So he fatally shot Serva before shooting himself. End quote. It notes that Charles is one of the most, quote, visible and talked about spirit at the Lemp. Uh, while I was there, though, Servo was the most active. And I will end with my story with that. So we were up in the third story, which is technically the attic slash mm-hmm. third level of rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two 
maybe three bedrooms up there. And then inside two of those bedrooms, there is a door connecting the two rooms and then like a small little door that leads to that unfinished part of the attic that I referenced. That's where like Zika said to be. Um, but we were in one of the rooms, the lights are out. Uh, Aaron is standing next to me. I'm, I don't really know where you are, Sarah. I'm in the opposite room. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, what yeah. We, we were all split were, like, up. We were all yeah. Split up. Cause it was a pretty big group. Yeah. And the room that we were in, the woman giving the tour was also there and she stood in the doorway and before anything really happens, I like look over in the room and the bathroom door is open and I see these weird like orange squigglies. And it's not like, you know, when you stare at a light and then you close your eye, but mm-hmm. it was like electrical current. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. And it was orange. And I was like, do you really see that? And she's like, I see what? And I was like, it's right, book orange. And she's like, what orange? And I was like, son of a bitch. So then the woman giving the tour calls to Serva and within like 30 seconds, I see the outline of a dog. And like by, excuse me, by outline, I mean, it literally, the only way I can describe it is if, if you ever like turn to a TV channel, it's all pixely. Mm-hmm. It was like that, but finer grain pixels and just overall like fuzzy gray in the shape of a dog, like loosely. Like you could just see, I could see where the ears were. I could see everything. And I'm like, I start bawling. I grab Erin's arm and I'm like, do you not see that? And she's like, no. And I was like, yeah. it's right there. And I like stuck my hand out. I felt like, like an electrical, like very minimal, like little static and like f- thicker air. That's really all I can say is like this like, mm-hmm. thicker air where my hand was. And then it turned, it turned around in the room and walked out the door. And I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, oh my God, it's a dog. It is a banana. And no one, everyone else is like, not a peep. And I'm like, this is so embarrassing. But it was probably the coolest experience of my life. I think the most impactful uh, encounters I've had have been with animals. If you don't know, I kind of like them a lot. Uh, <laughs> so I think that has something to do with it, I hope. Um, the only other thing I saw when we were there, when we were again up in those third story rooms, we were in. I was in the other one that Sarah was in when I saw the dog and I looked out the door because they said like, if you look down the hallway, sometimes you'll see something. And I saw a dark figure. So darker than the unlit hallway lean out of the middle of the wall, like just his like head Mm -hmm. and then like lean back. And I was like, I don't like that. That didn't, that one didn't feel good. Nobody else saw it and no, Mm -hmm. like, and nothing else in the whole place felt evil. That one felt not good. Uh, so yeah, there's again, more spirits. Those are just the ones that I had like background information on and had my own experience with. So that's yeah. what I want to talk about, but highly recommend any of the tours, honestly. Yeah. Um, you'll learn a lot. And I think it's pretty much the same woman that gives the haunted tours like all the time. Betsy. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh-huh, I was like, yes. it was Betsy who we referenced in here, but she was great. She was great. So cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Whenever I hope to be her. Whenever yeah. she would just stop talking and like look off. Like, stop. <laughs> no. Like, no. Yeah. yeah, there was one point she was talking, looks over, it's silent, because she's the presenter, and everyone's like, Betsy? She's like, Hold on. No, not now. Go away. And we're like, who? She's like, Oh, they're not important. It was just a spirit. They don't need to be here. Like I was saying, this house was built, and everyone's like, What? Yeah. yeah. Like, are we in danger? I'm sorry, what? Um, I think I posted it a while ago on a different episode that we did, but hopefully I talked a little bit more in detail on this one, but I did quote unquote catch an orb on the staircase. So I'll include that picture with our post with this episode. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yep. And that's a lump.
Group and episode is, done. Yep. Episode 86. Wow. So if you happen to have any more topic ideas for us, mm-hmm. they can be for, you know, singular topics. Um, they could be group topics. We're always looking for more stories to talk about. You yeah. can email us at SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. Check out our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram. We're on TikTok. Yeah. So you can find us at Sinister Sunrise Podcast there. TikTok, don't forget those underscores. Or you may have trouble finding us. I don't know how TikTok works. I don't have it. But <laughs> but we do collectively. Collectively we yeah. do. The collective we. <laughs> the collective yeah. we. Um, you can also leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts that helps other people find us mm-hmm. and listen to us. So if you want, you know, to take like two minutes out of your day to do that, that would be great. We would greatly appreciate it. And I believe I covered everything. Is that it? Pink tic-tac-toe. Yeah, you got it. Perfect. <laughs> awesome, it. awesome. Well, we'll be back next week with our, well, kind of our regular episode, but ah, not really. Maybe, maybe a little, you see a little spicy. Maybe a little spicy. Yeah, there might be something a little different we're doing, but you'll have to tune in next week to find out. Yep. Stay sinister. Bye.